0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Those stories for you in just a moment. But first, a senior is recovering in hospital tonight after a violent attack on New Year's Day.
2: The
0: 86-year-old woman was targeted by a purse snatcher in West Vancouver and she was left with some pretty serious injuries. Jordan Armstrong is live with more on what happened in Jordan. First of all, how's the victim doing?
3: Well, Chris, she is a tough lady. I spoke to her this afternoon. She was roughed up quite badly, but she still has her sense of humor. She was attacked here on 11th Street, just off Marine Drive. It was about 5.15 yesterday afternoon during a walk the victim does almost daily.
2: You really have to question the humanity of somebody who would push an 86-year-old woman to the ground to get, you know, meager contents of their purse.
3: But that's what happened to John Christie's mother on New Year's Day. The senior had just left a grocery store at Park Royal and walked westbound along Marine Drive. As she headed north up 11th Street, she was attacked from behind.
2: Grabbed her, um, pushed her to the ground, uh, took her purse and took off. My mom had no, uh, couldn't see the person, had no indication who it was, didn't even know if it was male or female. Uh, And then she was on the ground for a while, Calling help! Help!
3: Ten or fifteen minutes went by before a neighbor came to her aid.
2: She was just sitting on the curb. Uh, she couldn't stand up because of her shoulder.
3: A fractured shoulder and cuts to the wrist are among his mother's injuries. A despicable and unusual crime for West Vancouver, say police. Our officers
4: attended the area, scoured the area looking for any suspects, uh, looking for the discarded purse, perhaps, or any any other item, items. Uh, we've canvassed the area, banged on doors, looked for CCTV footage. So far, uh, no viable evidence has, has presented itself.
3: The victim is now recovering at home and in remarkably good spirits, considering all that's happened to her.
2: My mom is incredibly feisty, um, and she's one of the most outgoing people you would ever meet. Um, you know, I'm I'm more angry at this than she is and but she's coping with it very well and i know that she'll be out walking as soon as she can again and getting back into her routines hopefully adding a few safety measures to her routines
3: now, as mentioned, no suspect description is available tonight, but we do have one of the victim. It's hoped that someone who saw the victim perhaps also saw the suspect following her. She, is, uh, she had a cane in her right hand. She was wearing a long black jacket and carrying a darker shopping bag as well as a cream-colored purse. Again, the time frame, about 510 to 535 Yesterday, That would be 510 to 535 yesterday afternoon. If you saw anything, call West Vancouver Police. Chris and right. Sophie, back to you.
0: Let's hope someone steps forward. Thanks, Jordan. Well, after a gorgeous New Year's Day, it's been a nasty one today, with rain falling for much of the day on the lower mainland. Water is pooling in a number of areas, including Highway 1 between Langley and Abbotsford. Snow is also coming down at higher elevations. This is Burnaby Mountain where the snow began to fall this afternoon, sticking in some areas around SFU. And Westwood Plateau and Coquitlam also seeing flakes. The streets still mainly just wet, though, as the snow mixes with rain. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now. You've been watching this all day, Christy. What can we expect uh, into the evening and overnight?
5: Well, Chris, we certainly dodged a bullet at lower elevations. Temperatures hovered around three or four degrees. That was great news for drivers, of course. As we head into the evening hours, temperatures are going to warm even further. So even the snow in SFU, Westwood Plateau, that is all going to wash away as heavy rain pushes in overnight. Meanwhile, across Vancouver Island, a snowfall warning has been issued for the northeastern sections, Courtney, up towards Campbell River, where they could see over the next two hours, uh, maybe five to 10 centimeters of snow. Again, this area will also see conditions warm up and that snow will wash away this is Sutton Pass just an hour ago significant snow there as well one other area we're watching is Whistler where snow is certainly starting to pack on the highway the traffic is getting pretty bad right now also so we'll be watching that area in the next hour
0: okay thanks very much Christy
5: 2020
1: property assessments are arriving in the mail, and most homeowners on the Lower Mainland are finding out their property values are down, and in some cases, significantly. Sarah McDonald has a look at who's being hit the hardest and the exceptions.
6: New year, new assessed values, and a new reality for homeowners on the heels of a sluggish year in real estate sales. We reflect market conditions,
7: and uh, I would suggest that we're returning to a more balanced and stable market.
6: Assessed values for all properties dropping across the board for the first time in two decades, once red-hot neighborhoods seeing declines well into double digits.
8: If the government's ideal goal was to sort of bring property values down a bit, I think that Certainly, you can say that that, those measures have been, quote-unquote, a success.
6: The biggest drops expected in the detached market in some of the province's most desirable neighbourhoods. West Vancouver and Westside Vancouver sliding 16%. Richmond dropping 14%. Vancouver, North Vancouver and the Tri-Cities all down just over 10%. The Sea to Sky region an anomaly for assessed values. Pemberton and Whistler climbing as Squamish stagnates.
9: Mine is 12.8%. It is a shock.
8: They're building so fast now that, I mean, you know something's going to go boom sooner or later.
6: Attached units also sliding in assessed value right in step with their detached counterparts from the North Shore to New Westminster.
8: I think it took some time, but we, we did see the condo prices obviously come down uh, you know, a little bit this, this past year. And, and so, yeah, I think that's indicative of sort of what's happening in the in the broader market.
6: It's the luxury housing market taking the biggest hit on assessed values, like this Vancouver property, listed for nearly $24 million and now assessed at closer to two thirds that.
7: A lot of property owners are going to get their assessment and think, oh, great, my assessment's down 10%, and so are my
6: taxes. But that's not the case. And that's the kicker. Just because your home's assessed value drops doesn't mean your property taxes will. Most local governments seeking the same funding, if not more of it, from homeowners this year, even as values slide. Sarah McDonald, Global News.
0: Well, if you think some of those drops are severe, imagine the shock for residents of Seashell Sea Watch neighborhood opening their assessments to find out their property values have gone from six figures down to just one. Here's Aaron MacArthur. The gates have been up for 46 weeks and
4: counting. Homeowners have watched almost an entire year pass while their homes slowly fall apart. No heat, no insurance, no hope. Christmas was hard. You know, we've we've had to go away just to to get away from the stress. New Year's was worse. When BC Assessment valued the homes in Sea Watch, they slashed it all away. The homes are now worth two bucks one dollar for the land and one dollar for the buildings.
0: If I had a garden shed sitting on my property, uh, you know, a 10 by 10 garden shed on pier blocks, it would probably be still assessed at 150 bucks or 200 bucks.
4: The homes sit on unstable soil prone to sinkholes. And after years of complaining to the district about safety, Seashelt declared temporary local state of emergency and forced the people out. Despite the temporary order, the value of the land makes it seem permanent.
0: I don't understand the rationale, but obviously uh, the BC Assessment Authority has some information they relied on to make that decision.
4: And while these homes behind the fence are worthless, other properties still in the evacuation zone haven't changed their value at all. Homeowners say there are more questions than answers.
2: I can't understand This, this evacuation zone encompasses an additional 27 acres that uh, belong to the developer.
4: The lawsuit pending against the district, the contractor, the developer, even the province will take years to get to trial. Without a settlement or help from the government, these people are going broke, slowly, and every day that passes, harder than the last.
5: I think in the beginning it was there's so much of it that is just urgent and things that we had to do. Um, now it's every day waking up. Knowing that for now nothing has changed. Aaron MacArthur,
4: Global News.
1: Two off duty Victoria police officers praised for stopping an alleged sex assault in Hawaii. Vic PD Chief Del Manic tweeting this shout out. The two officers Constable Haley Swan and Constable Brent Kettle were on vacation in Kona on the Big Island. They were out for a run when they heard a woman's screams. The pair ran toward those screams and stopped the attack. The suspect, Justin Bardwell, is now charged with sex assault and kidnapping. The 32-year-old was already accused of setting fire to a vacation rental home in
10: november you hear about these stories and and usually help is not close by and and the fact that they were able to intervene and and make sure that the suspect was arrested and of course the charges are very serious they're they're for sexual assault and for kidnapping i mean those are those are some of the most serious charges uh, that someone can be charged with Uh, i was just extremely pleased at what they had done and and just grateful
0: one man has been arrested after a late-night altercation left another man dead. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has taken over the case now. Surrey RCMP initially called the reports of an assault on 120th Street near 75A Avenue just after midnight. Police say they arrived on scene to find the victim had succumbed to injuries. But thanks to witnesses, a male suspect was located nearby and is now in custody. A weapon possibly used in the murder was also
3: located by police. So there were multiple witnesses that uh, um, that observed the altercation, and uh, and one of them was actually able to follow from a safe distance um, and and lead police right to uh, to where the the suspect went, um, which was very helpful for our investigation. And uh, we're going to be working closely with uh, with the witness that followed him and uh, and the other witnesses as involved as well. And we're hoping that there may be additional persons who have been in the area, who are in the area as well, who may have uh, may have seen something else that, uh, that the witnesses so far haven't seen. So we're asking anyone to come forward if they have any additional information.
1: A brawl broke out at a New Year's Eve party in Surrey and the madness was caught on video. <laughs> and chairs were flying at the New Year's Eve Bhangra Madness Party at the Crown Palace Banquet Hall on Nordel Way. Surrey RCMP have confirmed they are investigating, but say it's too early to provide any details on the conditions of those involved or any charges. No word on what sparked this melee. A spokesperson from the Crown Palace says police have obtained the hall's surveillance video as they continue their investigation.
0: A 26-year-old, sorry, make that a 28-year-old man is facing charges after allegedly taking a night bus on a joyride. The driver had stepped away from the bus for a bathroom break when police say the suspect seized his opportunity. John Waugh explains what made his quick
8: getaway even easier. As many roll into the new year, there are plenty of resolutions for 2020.
10: I'm trying to be more fit. Just to be a better person in general. Mm, traveling probably.
8: One man in Surrey decided to kick things off with a possible career change by taking a bus for an unauthorized test drive. So
11: this happened at around 2 a.m. We had a, uh, a bus operator uh, leave a bus at the uh, Surrey Central bus loop. Uh, the bus was left running. He went in for a washroom break.
8: That's when a 28-year-old male saw his opportunity. By the time the driver came back, the N19 bus was gone.
6: Doesn't surprise me about it whatsoever. It's Surrey for you. That driver
8: should have locked the bus so that nobody would get inside it. And after the bus was stolen from Surrey Central Station, Transit Police were able to use the vehicle's GPS signal to track the driver's planned trip. After leaving Surrey Central, GPS tracked it to 160th Street and Fraser Highway. RCMP and Transit Police eventually pulling the vehicle over on 176th Street and Fraser Highway.
4: Nobody else was on the bus, Um, nobody else was injured and uh, there was no damage to the bus.
8: When asked about the safety protocol for operators leaving their buses, TransLink would not put anyone on camera, instead sending this statement. All operators are trained to turn off the engine before leaving any vehicle unattended to ensure the safety and security of our customers and operators. Coast Mountain Bus Company is currently reviewing the incident.
10: People see how they get on and off the buses. Anybody could do it. Anybody knows how to hit a button. If you know how to drive, you can take off with a bus.
8: Arguably, not everyone could drive an articulated bus. But that doesn't matter with the unauthorized driver. Starting 2020 with a recommended charge of theft of a vehicle, over $5,000. John Hua, Global News.
0: Right now, though, many people feel a certain level of anxiety at the thought of losing their phone. I know I would, but (laughs) that becomes even worse if it's a work phone.
1: On New Year's, a Vancouver man mistakenly left his in a taxi, and the chain of events that followed to get it back left the man in disbelief. Rumi Nadea reports.
10: tried to make me give you $100
9: last night. You put me through a lot stress, man. Robert well, I, like, Morris is me, still but, fuming yeah, want, over an explosive bones. encounter morning, with Yellow is. Cab New Year's phone? Day.
8: I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but at the end of it, I was so frustrated. I've never experienced something like that in my life.
9: Morris and his friends were at a New Year's Eve party in North Burnaby. They called a yellow cab, which arrived at 1.24 Wednesday morning, to pick them up and take them home to East Vancouver. They paid the fare moments later. Morris realized he forgot his phone in the cab. Immediately, he used his buddy's phone to contact the driver.
8: Uh, And He said he was very busy, but if I gave him $100, he would drop my phone off.
9: So what was your gut reaction when he asked for that? I was
8: disgusted. I was like, mind-blown. I, I, I Honestly, I, I was like, are you joking me? Five times after 1.58?
9: Phone logs five show Morris called over 50 times, times but no 12. answer. When the cab One driver's shift was over at 6 a.m., he gave Morris's phone to a second driver in the vicinity, which happens all the time, according to Yellow Cab.
8: Hey, hey. can I see my phone?
9: Morris finally made contact and arranged to retrieve his phone from driver two, who also asked for $100, claims Morris. you- Vancouver Taxi Association spokesperson Carolyn Bauer said she was too busy to do an on-camera interview. But over the phone, she told us both drivers said they never asked Morris for a $100 delivery fee. Driver one was just too busy. It was New Year's. And Bauer said driver two offered to take the phone to Morris's house for a minimum charge of $20, which is company policy. But Morris declined.
8: I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think anyone should ever do that. I don't think it's right. It's not. It's not uh, good. Good customer service.
9: Morris wants an apology, but the company stands by its drivers, contending they did nothing wrong. Romina Day Daya, Global News.
0: The new year started with a miracle for a skier lost for three days in the backcountry near Rossland. He was found alive.
1: Mark Gajowski was found safe and sound Wednesday afternoon. The 34-year-old failed to return from a run on the backside of the hill on Monday. Roslyn Search and Rescue was called out, but their initial search was suspended due to dangerous weather conditions. 90 searchers were back in the area again on Tuesday, but those efforts were also hampered by weather. And then finally, on day three, yesterday, Gajowski was found finally by a ground crew.
12: We do lots of shouting and calling out the name and whistle blasting and being loud throughout our searching process to make sure that anybody within any kind of earshot can hear us. And hopefully we hear them and that's exactly what happened. Within about 10 minutes of voice confirmation, um, they got a physical confirmation of him. He uh, was dehydrated for sure and and hungry, very wet and cold, Um, but he had a smile on his face. He was very happy to see everybody.
1: A Kelowna man struggling to recover from a workplace accident is reeling tonight after a, conver- a conversation with WorkSafe BC.
0: He says a routine phone call with the agency was punctuated with racist remarks. And as Global Okanagan Shelby Tom reports, he says he has the recordings to prove it.
13: Akval Hur continues to struggle with the pain caused by a workplace injury sustained in Kelowna more than two years ago.
11: My back just popped and I was on the ground.
13: The sheet metal worker suffering a permanent back injury now forced to walk with a cane.
11: I can't go back to tools. I can I can barely walk stairs.
13: His WorkSafeBC case manager referring him to job search support services to find a new career path. But he says he was feeling forced into re-entering the HVAC industry as an adjuster. A job he says he's physically incapable of. Mounting frustration prompting him to secretly record a conversation with the WorkSafeBC employee last April.
11: I've never recorded a conversation in my life, nor have I ever been prompted to, right? But that day something made me record that conversation.
13: The employee encourages her not to wear a baseball cap during an upcoming job interview, saying it's more professional, but it's the woman's next comments that angered him.
14: Because it darkens your face too. It, it sort of, everything's like darker. As soon as you took it off, you look more light.
13: Her says he felt the remark had racial undertones.
11: I can't change my skin color. How am I supposed to make it lighter? Taking off my hat isn't gonna make my skin lighter. Right? There's nothing that's going to do that.
13: Her says he filed a complaint with a woman's supervisor, but his concerns fell on deaf ears. Now he's going public. Works B.C. says it can't comment on specific cases due to privacy and wouldn't say if the employee in question is facing disciplinary action. It does say the organization embraces diversity and champions respectful workplace culture. Meanwhile, the 45-year-old says he's struggling to support his family after his wage loss compensation and medical benefits were cut off in September.
11: There was no Christmas this year. We have the tree up and stuff, but there's nothing being bought.
13: He says he's still on the job hunt while fighting for better treatment of injured workers. Shelby Tom, Global News.
0: Yet another controversy tonight over a distracted driving fine that once again spotlights confusion over the new laws.
1: A Vancouver Island woman is vowing to fight the $368 ticket she got after touching her cell phone while it was mounted to her dashboard.
14: Brittany Taylor has been driving her entire adult life and has had a completely clean driving record until now.
6: Just pressed my phone to change um, a song and looked over. There was actually a police officer hiding in the doorway. He walked over and told me to pull over.
14: She says the officer was unclear on the actual law, commenting on her spotless record and acknowledging it was a gray area.
6: He said he doesn't know if everything is legal or if what I did um, was legal or illegal.
14: One lawyer says this could be an issue of police not being properly trained, especially when the rules are in a gray area or are changing.
3: This leads to continuous problems in how the law is being enforced, how it's being applied in court, and how it's affecting people at the side of the road.
14: Lee adding the public is often not aware of all the rules.
3: I just thought,
6: oh, I'll just switch the song. We're at a red light, you know.
14: And no different than you would have if you pressed a button on the actual radio.
13: Right? Just the radio? Just the heat? Like, what would be different about that?
14: In a written response, the Saanich police points to the law. The drivers are only allowed to touch the phone once to answer a call and once more to hang it up. The legislation does not permit touching the device to play music, the statement reads, and should only be done prior to driving.
5: I researched
6: exactly what it would impact. I mean, I have a daughter, I go to school, I'm a student, I I don't make a lot of money, so it really impacted me financially and emotionally.
14: There is optimism the ticket will be thrown out because the officer issued the ticket as if she was a new driver, rather than one with a decade of experience.
3: Of course, the more people that pay invalidly issued tickets, the more revenue there is for government. And this is why we have a common
7: sentiment in this province that cell phone laws are cash grabs.
14: Taylor's hope beyond getting her ticket tossed out is that her story helps clear up what is allowed and what is not allowed when it comes to distracted driving. Richard Zussman, Global News, Saanich.
0: A building in Indonesia loses the battle against severe flooding that's killed at least 30 people. More than 150 neighborhoods in the capital region are flooded and tens of thousands of people have been displaced. More than 360 millimeters of rain fell on New Year's Eve alone.
1: In Australia, the state of New South Wales has declared a seven-day state of emergency and could begin forced evacuations as the country's wildfires continue to burn out of control.
0: Weather conditions are expected to deteriorate again this weekend, raising the danger level even further.
15: For five terrifying hours, Ida Dempsey huddled on a boat with her husband, their teenage son, and two friends. On the nearby shore of Malakuta, wildfires raged. That was New Year's Eve, a day so dangerous and destructive
5: that the extent of what's been lost is only now being realized. You walk around a bit of your house and you just go, oh, that was the bedroom, and that was where my antiques were from my family history, and... All just my baby memories from my kids and just everything, just gone. There isn't yet time to think about moving on. The fires still
15: pose a very real threat to the people in this coastal community. Roads are closed. With the help of a generator, this little coffee shop was a welcome site for many residents. But in general, supplies are beginning to run low. It's why the Australian military is sending help. Two Navy vessels are now heading to the region due to arrive Friday. Officials say the ships may be used to help evacuate some of the thousands that have been left stranded there.
8: It's just mind just terrible, terrible.
15: The New South Wales town of St. Conjola now sits in ruins. More than 80 homes have been lost here. Residents say the flames spread so fast.
8: The wind just blew and then the wind just blew. And ev- you look at everything. I mean, it's just grass. It's just everything. Everywhere you go, it left nothing. But
15: property isn't all that's been lost. 17 people have now died since Australia's wildfire crisis began. Seven in the last two days alone. And that number is expected to
0: rise. Police are also... Uh, at uh, Lake Njola now where there's a house that uh, has been destroyed by fire and the occupant of that home uh, is still unaccounted for.
15: Cooler conditions Wednesday have given fire crews a short window of relief, but by the weekend temperatures are set to soar once again. Fourteen Canadian firefighters are arriving this week in Queensland. Another 21 will be deployed to New South Wales on Saturday.
0: Heather Urex West Global News, Calgary. If that seemed familiar, that was the wrong package from a couple of days ago. We apologize for the error and we'll run the correct package on later newscasts. In the meantime, a visit to a fire-ravaged region today did not go well for Australia's Prime Minister.
10: How come we had four oh, trucks yeah. to defend our You're out, oh. son. You are out.
0: Scott Morrison was confronted by angry residents as he toured one of the areas most affected by the wildfires, Morrison is being criticized for not doing enough to deal with the fires and for his government's policy on climate change, which is believed to have contributed to the crisis.
14: I understand the very strong feelings people have, that they've lost everything, and there are still you know, some very dangerous days ahead, and we understand that, and that's why we're going to do everything we can to ensure they have every, every support they,
0: they will need. Morrison also visited with firefighters, but one of them refused to shake his hand.
1: New Zealand continues to feel the effects of the Australian fires. Last month, we showed you how the country's glaciers were turning pink from the ash. Well, now it's much worse. Some glaciers are now brown. In fact, everything in the area is coated with a layer of ash. It's just more noticeable on the snow and ice. A yellow haze also fills the sky.
0: In other news tonight, Subaru has issued a recall on some of its vehicles because of a possible engine problem.
1: The recall covers 2019 models of Crosstrek, Forester and Ascent vehicles. Subaru says an engine valve can separate and send fragments into the engine, making it stall. The unexpected loss of power while driving can increase the risk of a crash. Subaru will notify owners and dealers will inspect and replace the valve free of charge.
0: In Health Matters tonight, you'll notice American food labels now will look much different. Starting today, the FDA's new labeling rules will require larger fonts and side-by-side columns. One side shows the nutritional information for a single serving, the other side for the entire package. Manufacturers are also now required to include the amounts of added sugars.
1: The B.C. government says the Enhanced Fair PharmaCare program is helping low-income families and seniors access medications. Changes to the program last January eliminated the deductible for families earning less than $30,000 a year and reduced the deductible for families making less than $45,000. The government says in the first three months of the program, close to 152,000 families received drug benefits, an increase of more than 88000 from the previous year.
12: This program, which annually will cost $47 million, is hardwired to provide supports to working families and to seniors who live on pension incomes, who earn under $30,000 and under $45,000 a year. It's hardwired to them. This is a way of addressing all of those people who have to make the choice between prescription drugs and food, prescription drugs and rent, prescription drugs and other necessity, or even this time of year prescription drugs and toys for their children
1: well for the second time in two years grouse mountain resort is changing hands this time to a canadian company northland properties corporation owned by the Gallardi family announced today it has entered into an agreement to buy Grouse mountain the company owns a number of properties including revelstoke mountain resort sandman hotel group and the dallas stars the resort was previously sold to the china minsheng investment group in 2017 This latest deal is expected to close at the end of
0: the month. Northland hasn't said how much they paid for. No, they have not. Hope that figure comes out soon. All right, a cat turning 18 years old is a pretty big deal, I guess. But after the forecast, we'll tell you why this felines, feline's big day is a scientific milestone. That's coming up later.
1: All right, let's check in with Christy Gordon. We've been expecting a bit of a messy commute. Luckily, not as bad as it could have been, Christy.
5: Yes, so hovered around 3-4 degrees for lower elevations of Metro Vancouver. We certainly dodged a bullet, but lots of snow over SFU and Burnaby Mountain. But this is Courtney, near Courtney where it's near whiteout conditions. A snowfall warning has been issued. We've had reports of up to 4 to 5 centimeters in areas from Courtney up towards Sayward as well. Another 5 centimeters is possible before it transitions to rain late this evening and it will wash away overnight. This is Whistler. A lot of snow on the highway. Any North of Squamish. You can expect that. We expect the snowfall to continue overnight. It will transition to rain, but it may not transition until early tomorrow morning. Here's a look at that transition across Vancouver Island. So very wet conditions into tomorrow morning. That's why we have the rainfall warning in effect. Up to 80 millimeters for the North Shore Mountains. The good news is tomorrow afternoon may actually be dry, everyone. So we just have to get through the morning hours. Meanwhile, inland regions, snowmageddon, snowmageddon, 10,000 homes are still without power in the Thompson, Okanagan, and the and cutney region. They've had nearly 60 centimeters of snow in parts of the Shushwap over towards Revelstoke. And this is what they have still to come. Starting with the north, these areas here... 30 to 60 centimeters beginning this evening, right through the day tomorrow. 20 to 25 and through these areas here across the south. 5 to 25 on top of what I showed you, that 60 there already. So that will push in, as I said, through the evening hours tonight. Tomorrow, northern regions it will maintain as snowfall from Prince George, through the south you will see a transition to rain as temperatures really warm up during the day so a lot of that snow will wash away you can watch for pooling water and, and slushy conditions potential flooding localized flooding rainfall tomorrow morning for the south coast drier by the afternoon everyone yes washing any snowfall away all right thanks christy
0: all right her name is cc and she's hit a birthday milestone that's also a remarkable scientific achievement.
1: CeCe stands for carbon copy, or copycat, because she was the first ever cloned cat. She was born in a lab 18 years ago, but today she's just a regular house pet.
2: When,
7: when CeCe was first produced, uh, it was thought that clones died young, and, and, and she has proved that not to be the case.
0: Pretty chill cat.
1: 18's pretty old. Up there for a cat.
0: Squire Barnes is one of a kind, and he joins us now. Look ahead to sports.
1: (laughs) Action down at Rogers tonight?
10: Oh, yes, there is. Um, And you know what? The heated rivalry between the Canucks and the Blackhawks is, it's a part of history now. There aren't many left on either side who live through it. But just like the Canucks of old, this season's Canucks will have to deal with the guy next to me. Patrick Kane. That's one thing that has not changed over time. In fact, last year, at the age of 30 on not a very good Blackhawks team, he had one of his best seasons ever, 110 points. He is still one of the most clever guys with the puck in the NHL. Patrick Kane could stick-handle his way out of a bathroom stall.
12: My goodness! If they gave style points for goals and assists, Patrick Kane's numbers would be even more inflated. As it is, nobody scored more points last decade in the NHL than Patrick Kane. And at 31 in his 13th NHL season, he's just reaching his peak. He's coming off a career-high 110 points last season and is on pace to break 100 again this year.
11: It's kind of a mindset, to be honest with you, to, to try and produce every game. And, uh, yeah, you know other teams are probably going to key in on you a little bit, but there's still plays to be made out there, I mean. It's uh, it's more of an offensive game now than it was uh, maybe when I first came into the league. He's a student of the game. I think he's a very observant person to begin with um, in any situation, on and off the ice. Um, I think that's what makes him good. uh, Just his personality, the way he approaches the game, the way he watches other other players, other teams, Uh, he's always trying to
12: learn and bring something new to his own game. Kane's skill set is almost unbelievable. He's brought that YouTube video vibe to the NHL where you wonder aloud, is that real? But he's proven time and time again he's real and spectacular, winning three Stanley Cups and capturing playoff and regular season MVP trophies. Now as the Blackhawks try to rebuild back to contender status, Kane's still leading the way, even with a major overhaul of the lineup. You now he even keeps his line mates guessing so he always going to be ready for the for the puck when you're on his line and um, you
11: know he's obviously very, very talented with a fucking um very deceptive shot too so goalie's got to be ready too
12: Playing alongside Kane is a dream for a young player defending him can be a nightmare
11: He's always trying to think one step ahead of everyone. So I mean, he's he's making no look passes. He's doing spinner ramp. He does a lot of things that a lot of players don't think of doing. So it catches catches people off guard a lot of the time. And he's sneaky strong. Like he can protect the puck really well. But I think it's just his smarts, um, his ability to make plays out of nothing. Um, you know, just uh, finding holes when you don't think they're they're possibly there. And
0: and uh, you got to be ready. You got to expect the unexpected when he's on the ice.
10: Tonight's game is the uh, first for Mark Crawford since serving a suspension for past transgressions as a coach which according to some players included physical abuse. Crawford actually had been seeking counseling for his behavior before the allegations from ex-players surfaced and that's probably one of the reasons he was only suspended and not kicked out of the NHL entirely.
3: Uh, You know there's always a line and I think that there, there has always been a line there's always been a, a line between what's good and what's over uh, over the line and there were times where I got way too close to that line and crossed that line and I, th- I hope that that's one of the lessons that we learn here uh, through this it's one of the lessons that, that certainly I have learned uh, you know I'm uh, I, I, people talk a lot about reading and reacting as a coach um, my natural tendency was to react and then read. Uh, so th- those are some of the struggles that uh, that personally I uh, had to deal with in, in my time.
10: Alexis Lafreniere will be drafted perhaps first overall this June. Back with Team Canada. Was this a dirty hit by Nolan Foote? He got kicked out of the game for it. I'm not, not, so, sure.
4: Now if, if I'm not, not so
10: sure, I'm not so sure. Anyway, Canada didn't let that bother them. They had no problem with Slovakia. Barrett-Hayton with a goal here to make it 1-0. Uh, Liam Foody here, too much speed down the left-hand side for the Slovakians. This made it 4-0. Lafreniere would also score to make it 5-0. Kids got big skill and Canada will take on Finland in the semis. Finland knocked out the US, one nothing today. Uh, Keep an eye on this kid. The Canucks got him in the second round in last year's draft, and they were really happy they got Nils Hooglander. And he is the top scorer right now at the World Juniors. Five goals and five assists. Had a couple of goals today. Here's one of them in their game against the uh, Czech Republic. And here's the other one. Hoaglander is the guy who earlier in the tournament had the lacrosse-style goal from behind the net. So the kids got big-time skill and a quick shot, and that's the Swedes and the Russians in the semifinals. There you go. You're watching him. Thank you, Square. All right.
5: Let's- Here's your snow report for this evening. Whistler-Blackcomb picked up one centimeter. Grouse, seven. Cypress, five. Sasquatch, two. Manning Park picked up nine centimeters. Revelstoke, three. Fernie, six. Kicking Horse, five. Big White picked up nine. Silver Star is the winner at 22. Sun Peaks, two. And Apex, one. Mount Washington picked up one centimeter. Whitewater, 14. Red Mountain, two. And Powder King, ten.
15: Coming up on ET Canada, what the celebs did on New Year's and hey, who just got married? Plus, previews of Nurses, Messiah and Kim's Convenience. That's coming
1: up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thank you very much. It was an emotional reunion today in the Alberta city of Airdrie between a man and the handful of heroes who saved his life.
0: As Global's Jill Croto reports, it was a case of being in the right place at the right time and taking action without hesitation.
7: It was a routine drive home on the QE2. Two people, strangers, traveling down the road at the same time. Neither of them knowing their lives were about to intersect in the most profound way.
2: It was pop, sparks, off the road, and that's pretty much all I remember about it.
7: Harry Osborne has very vague memories of what happened the night of December 2nd, but there's a whole group of others who can fill in the blanks.
2: But thanks to all you guys, I'm, I'm here. They have a grandpa and a father for Christmas.
7: Kevin Moore, his son Chad, and two other friends were on their way home from playing hockey. They're recounting how they came upon Harry's truck, stuck in the center medium after he blew a tire.
2: But when I opened that door, one thought I had in my mind is, I hope I can get him up. He was obviously, you know, in a bit panic at that time. And uh, that's when he said to me, you know, don't let me die. I don't want to die.
7: He was trapped, but they managed to get him out just seconds before Harry's pickup was consumed with flames.
12: A real eye-opener when we saw the flames. It was, it uh, didn't realize that he was in that much danger either. What if, you know, for whatever
11: reason we would have gone back another route? What if we hadn't stopped? To see how that impacts Harry's life immediately, and his family's, and, and the connection that we've built now with that family. Wonderful people, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and that, that, that truly is, is, is heartwarming.
2: Life is short, you never know when it's your turn to go, but thankfully, thank God, that it wasn't his turn to go this time. I'm not a religious guy, but I do believe that God was up there looking down and saying, you know what, this is one soul I'm gonna save. And he sent my saviors, my angels.
9: One.
0: And
7: together, they formed an unexpected bond that will forever keep them connected. Jill Croteau, Global News.
0: Very cool. You know who are heroes? Moms are heroes. (laughs) And we want to say a big congrats to reporter Kylie Stanton and her husband Chandler Grieve on their second child.
1: Take a look at little oh. Milo, Milo Marsha Grieve is her full name. Kylie says Milo was born last night at 9 38 p.m. Uh, everyone is happy and healthy, and Brother Sawyer is already loving his big brother
0: rule. Oh, that's a beautiful shot.
5: So big cute. Eyes.
0: New Year's baby, not the New Year's baby, but a New Year's baby.
5: Oh, that's neat.
0: Well exactly. done, Kylie. Chandler, congratulations. Mm
5: -hmm. Good job. All right, final word on the weather. Yeah, so it's uh, starting to transition to rain in the Courtney region. I think they'll lift that snowfall running pretty soon, but all other areas across the lower mainland south coast will see a transition to rain overnight. So very wet overnight with heavy rain through the morning hours, but drier tomorrow afternoon. Uh I have to say happy birthday, Mom. Yes, you do. (laughs) Happy birthday, Sue. Uh,
0: Happy birthday, Sue, and thanks for watching, everyone.